0: You're listening to Sequelcast 2 and Friends, a proud part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. A sequel, cast special a show about whatever we damn please. This time around, we're looking at our favorite um, holiday TV specials. I'm your Matt Bradley Shergi. With me is Thrasher.
1: I'm Kubla Kraus, and I could have been a pharaoh, but there just aren't any pyramids around.
0: And Alex.
1: Oh ho ho ho, motherfuckers.
0: Right. So we're talking about our favorite holiday tv specials or you know this could be anything from animations live action to clip shows there's so many of them that you know a big part for for me growing up i don't know about you guys are there um certain specials your family would watch every uh christmas or
2: the uh rudolph was pretty popular um the stop motion one
0: yeah i mean that's a good place to start as any but uh, thrasher what about you
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. The for, for I would say up until my teen years, yeah, the whole family would always gather uh, for Rudolph. However, my teen years onward, it became all about the MST three K episode "Santa Claus Conquers the Martians." Nice,
0: ah, good choice. Yeah, and for us, it would be Rudolph, and then also the uh, uh, California Raisins Claymation Christmas celebration. Oh, that's classic. Yeah, I, well, I wish that well...
1: was more accessible.
0: Right, we'll get into that later. Um, I mean, yeah, why, why don't we? We'll just kind of do round robin, taking turns. But what Alex mentioned and and you as well, Thrasher, I think is a, it's probably the thing people think about when you talk about holiday TV specials. The Rankin Bass 1964 Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer, featuring uh, Burl Ives as the snowman narrator, who was kind of a last minute addition to the show when uh, General Electric, who was the financier wanted to uh have someone famous in the cast so yeah rudolph it is um you know you always wonder oh how did rudolph come to be this is one version of it people point out that people are just an asshole to rudolph and uh mario Cantone, the comedian does a pretty funny bit about it dana
1: gould has a good one about
0: rudolph as well yeah, uh, Mad TV did a trilogy of stop motion shorts making fun of it. One of them being making it like Goodfellas or The Godfather.
1: Oh yeah, they Raging Rudolph with Yukon Cornelione, the greatest hitman
2: <laughs> this side of Alaska. They think he's a cop because of the the nose. Like he's a cop, get him! <laughs> and they're kicking him with the yeah. high. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's great. It's pretty
0: charming. But this one, I think. The, the, I think of all the sequences in here, Misfit Toys. That whole part really sticks out to me. Um, yeah,
2: that
1: was always fun. Well, this um, is one of the reasons why I think Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer persists: uh, that one, it does something that the Rankin Bass holiday specials were really good at, which was building up a whole mythology based around one little scrap of christmas in this case the rudolph the red nosed reindeer song and yet the island of misfit toys which might as well be christmas canon now uh yeah. the the abominable snow monster all these all these yukon cornelius all these things but then the other thing that it does is that it 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 captures the melancholy of the holidays i mean we do feel pretty bad for rudolph and Hermie. But The Island of Misfit Toys in particular, that's just such a wonderfully sad song about not having affection on Christmas. I really appreciate that.
2: And I think um, the other reason why Rudolph holds up is because it's, like, genuinely funny, I feel like. It's just still kind of, like, cracks me up. Like, the dentist and, like, there's, uh, and, like the foremans always get so, like, flustered. They're like, bloop, 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 you want to be a, a what? You know? Um, I want to
0: be like, a dentist.
2: Yeah, yeah. But it's sad well you say want to be a dentist you know <laughs> and it's just it's genuinely funny and it's you know it's cute and like you said the like island of misfit toys might as well be like christmas canon now as far as we're concerned like it's a common phrase i frequently evoke if i don't know where to, like put something i'm like "Ass it to the island of
1: misfit toys or whatever <laughs> oh no you you will hear even today people will refer to a weird consumer item as a misfit toy yeah exactly
0: Yeah, and I mean it's the stop-motion animation, charming, but especially with how Rudolph is kind of stumbling around uh, as a fawn, as a you know small deer before he grows up, and then gets to fly. I think that's a fun.
1: She thinks I'm cute.
0: Yeah, yeah, a fun little moment, and you have uh, the. One thing I didn't realize, but I mean it makes sense, is over the years they've kind of cut out and put in different musical numbers as they try to make it shorter and shorter to fit in more commercials.
1: Well, that that I'm okay. I'm glad you talked about this because, yeah, yeah, there were there was a different different commercial breaks. You know, when when most of these, so as television in America has progressed, <laughs> they they keep adding more space for ads, and that means less space for the actual show. Uh, they'll talk about this on the Simpsons audio commentaries how season one began they would be doing 24 to 26 minutes of original animation per episode. Now it's like 20 to 22 minutes of original animation per episode. And with these these old 50-plus-year-old uh, uh, holiday specials, it's it's even more so. And the networks have tried to find different ways around it. Another staple, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, is the Peanuts Christmas special. And the Peanuts Christmas special is already kind of short- Uh, Mm -hmm. even with the old Dolly Madison commercials in it, which I don't think anyone has seen in ages. Uh, But it, it is the length of commercial breaks now. They could no longer cut stuff from the Peanuts Christmas special and have it make sense, which is why from I think like 2005 onward, it was aired as the Peanuts Christmas special and Lucy, or and like Sally's Letters to Santa. They made new animation And just expanded the whole thing to a full hour using that new animation, but with the current ad breaks.
0: Well, and there was a recent controversy with um, Charlie Brown Christmas special. I guess all the Charlie Brown specials, Apple TV got the rights to it. And they said, oh, if you want to see Charlie Brown Christmas special, you have to subscribe to the Apple TV Plus service. And so many people complained. That they kind of relent and made it. Oh, there's one night when you can watch it on NBC or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really, it really is a staple. It really is a tradition. I know I watch it uh, every year. It was, it was my, uh, it was my uh, maternal grandfather's favorite like Christmassy thing too. Like he, he was really big into the
0: peanuts. Like, a a it? It. It's a bit melancholy, isn't it? It's a bit melancholy, isn't it?
1: that well that's another reason why yeah. i like it it's it's about it's about seasonal depression it's you know it's 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 about it's it's about being the only person who's not happy in a time of zealously enforced happiness
0: <laughs> right um one that comes to mind for me that I, I used to watch a lot was the garfield christmas special from 1987 oh yeah i like garfield this one very very sad, I thought, and uh, I rewatch it lately, and still sort of teared up at the end. But it has this: they go to John and Garfield. Naughty, Why would you take a cat with you on vacation? I'm not quite sure. Um, <laughs> go go to visit his uh, his grandma, his grand and uh, his brother John Boy, and uh, his grandpa's been dead for a while. But his grandma gets a bit maudlin, and Garfield is in the attic, and he sees the old letters, that love letters that Grandpa wrote Grandma. So he comes and gives her the letters. Uh, it's, you know, it does have some musical numbers that are neither here nor there. I don't think they're one of the memorable things of the special. It's only 25 minutes, but I think the ending has a real nice bit of, uh, heart to it. And, um, a a recent review from the Houston Press notes the episode is depressing because since grandma cannot hear Garfield's thoughts, What we're watching is a sad old widow, so desperately lonely without her late husband that she talks out loud to a visiting cat.
2: Well, when you say it like that,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's um, (laughs) the. I believe a lot of these Garfield specials are on Amazon Prime, um, and they had the specials before they had the Garfield and Friends animated series, or some of them at least. So, and other ones were on at the same time as the series so it's it's interesting to see what so many holiday specials which ones kind of stick out Uh, alex what's another one that you have in mind
2: um so uh real quick there's a really funny um like you said the letters to santa one they do a beavis and butthead one where butthead's dressed like santa and beavis is like got, like hooked up with like the reindeer stuff and he keeps like whipping him like shut up butt munch you know <laughs> and it's funny because like the letters gradually become more and more like ladies, gr- like girls like you know like ooh beavis is cute and like Butthead trying to hide it from him he's like no 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 like reopen the letter and he's like shut up you know and it'd be like you know like Dear Santa, this year da 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 da, or like dear Butthead, like I think Beavis is cute, and then like Butthead trying to like throw the letters away, and it's you know him progressively just abusing Beavis more and more as as usual, and it's pretty hilarious.
1: Well, the other thing I love about that is that the the main story of that is a uh, Christmas Carol, and when when Beavis sees, with the ghost of Christmas Future shows him. <laughs> his <laughs> grave it just says here lies beavis oh he yeah never scored and like that's, <laughs> that's the horrible future
0: wow it's really something um, and, um yeah i haven't seen that one Off to track it down Uh thrasher what about you
1: all right, so I I love um, you know the, the the Simpsons is has always been very important to me, and of course the Simpsons began with uh, the Simpsons Christmas special, but that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about two episodes I watch every year: uh, "Marge, Be Not Proud," because it's the Christmas special with the least amount of Christmas in it, and and, and Marge, actually this as of this recording this week is its twenty fifth anniversary. Nice, and. It's just so great we're like Christmas is Christmas is coming like it looms in the background, and there's a video game Bart wants that he probably won't get. and he tries to shoplift and he tries to shoplift it and he gets caught. And the short of it is that it is that you know using the framing device of Christmas, it really is all about just sort of exploring issues of trust between a parent and a child. And I love the way it wraps up where you know you you think that where it's set up to make you think that, he, Bart has shoplifted again when, in fact, he snuck into the department store to get a good professional photo taken from him because there's a throwaway joke in the beginning of the episode that they've never had a good photograph of Bart because something always goes wrong. Either he ruins it or circumstances ruin it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how everything gets tied up is Bart finally has like one handsome photograph that his mom can be proud of. And I'm always just... Like I love that the Christmas a- aspect isn't overbearing, and I love that it's about this family dynamic. And then the other one is, the many years later, there's another Christmas episode, Miracle on Evergreen Terrace, where Bart, in an attempt to, op- to see what's in a present early, accidentally burns down the Christmas tree and all the presents, and one lie spins out of control, and the whole town comes together to help the Simpsons, but then it comes out mm-hmm. that it was deliberate arson and not like a burglar setting fire to the tree by accident. And the whole town turns against him. And I just love, and I love the way it ends. It ends with the Simpsons fighting over a dish rag, which is the only thing that the only possession they have left after the town takes its revenge on them. (laughs)
2: And those episodes have a couple of my favorite Simpson lines. One of them from the season seven one, "Marge be not proud," where uh, where Mar- uh, Marge is confronting Bart at the end, and Homer closes the gate and goes, "Get 'em all." <laughs> <laughs> and the other one where um, where it's like, "No sweater for little Lisa, no sausage for little Homer." <laughs>
1: God, that's another one is like Lawrence Tierney plays Don Brodka, yep. a security guard at the mall or at the at the department store. And they've got some horrifying stories of dealing with, with him. He sounds Lawrence Tierney just sounds like an awful person. And apparently yep. he he did finger people in the Hollywood blacklists. But oh, anyway, yeah. Lawrence there, Tierney there's this bastard. great yeah. bit where like he calls he calls the Simpsons number and he has a whole conversation then when he hangs up your parents weren't home I left a message on the answering machine (laughs) and then apparently Lawrence Tierney didn't understand the joke so they had to write a fake conversation they had to write fake Marge lines (laughs) to read off to him (laughs) Yeah, there's so, um, like, out of all the Simpsons lore,
2: that, like, was the, he was, like, the most, like, notoriously, like, difficult human to have as a guest star. Like, and not just Simpsons, too. Like, there's Reservoir Dog stories that
1: will just make your skin crawl. Um, yeah, I think, I think what <laughs> you may have noticed this from my choice of Christmas specials to talk about, but I do, I find the Christmas specials that have a real aspect of darkness and melancholy resonate with me the most. And that's a, something, like,
2: the best Simpsons episodes get right, you know, like, the, the, the do-it-for-her uh, Maggie punchline. That one's got a lot of heart to it. Um, Grift of the uh,
1: Magi, I, it's not that good, but I do find it very entertaining.
2: I also, there's that, like, mysterious present that's, like, melting in the gook of, like, the plastic tree, and it just makes, like, a, like a oh. noise, and, like, you never find out what it is. I just oh. love it.
1: Oh yeah, it's actually it's one of those sheep noise makers that, that you often give babies. It was a present for Maggie.
2: Oh, Okay. You, yeah. You
1: turn it over and it goes Because you just kinda hear like gurgling and like drowning in
2: like the plastic muck as it's bubbling. <laughs> I always thought that was such like, a wonderful image. But um but yeah, the the Simpsons of Christmas specials. Another one I always loved was the um the nutcracker suite. Where they find out that the nutcracker's in the public domain, so they each Character has like a musical number inspired by the Nutcracker. I think it's great.
0: Even the first episode of the Simpsons, which you mentioned, Thrasher, it it does the, um, you know, a fairly sort of serious story that makes you feel really sad for Homer. And he ends up getting them the dog Santa's little helper.
1: Yeah, which which they they actually they got like a special. There was this, there was some like animal welfare group that gave them like a special like accolade because like it was they were the only show that ever sort of shined a light on the problem of rehousing retired uh, racing greyhounds, which they weren't even trying to do. That just was sort of an organic outpouring of the story. So, something actually and something else about that is that. They in that Christmas special they make reference to other Christmas specials Bart gives us a little speech there's going to be a last minute Christmas miracle it happened to the Smurfs it happened to the Chipmunks it'll happen to us (laughs) Um, and it does tap into something there was like Mark Maron had a bit about Christmas specials and how you can boil down every Christmas special with the following line well Jimmy it looks like there just won't be a Christmas this year wait what's that (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah that's pretty much right they all have the same story um a special that meant a lot to me growing up was the will vinton's claymation christmas celebration um uh, it, it's 24 minutes not that long it did when it, when it uh when the words came out and it it's just that it's just a a series of music videos essentially in claymation but they're done in, in kind of different styles which is neat um you do this really i really like the joy to the world number that kind of does stained glass windows and very um it's not inclination but it's a very beautiful vivid colorful sequence
1: oh yeah so it's all very psychedelic at times and there's kind of a a funk to it they keep like they would every time they sing joy to the world you hear those backup singers talk about joy talk about joy it's really good
0: Uh, and for some reason, it, instead of being hosted by the California raisins, it's hosted by two dinosaurs, one of which has kind of a, a gay voice and acts a bit like um, OG, who's the weatherman. Are you,
1: are you talking about the the you know about the stegosaurus who kind of has yeah. a buddy Hackett quality about him?
0: Yeah, kind of a buddy Hackett thing, and he keeps on eating, and it's it's a strange idea for a host. But In the T-Rex, that, that's
1: kind of a Jim Bacchus sophisticated voice.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that part works quite well. But uh, you do get the California Raisins at the end doing a, a cover of the Temptations version of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and there's a, a good running gag about the old uh, favorite Here We Come a wassling but people keep pronouncing it you know mispronouncing it Here We Come a Waffling and and so forth. This is it's, it oh, yeah, I- it's it, pretty funny.
1: And the Stegosaurus keeps saying, "I'm sure it has something to do with sheep shearing."
2: I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I, I, I kinda hate the California raisins. Um okay. they they always terrified me and they look gross and they're just gross looking and I, I never understood were they a thing or was there other California raisin things or was it just a Christmas thing?
0: It, uh it, so it, it, it started as a ad campaign for to get people to buy more uh, California raisins and they had their own animated TV series that was 2D animated. They had yeah. many specials. Uh, they, they, uh, did TV they did uh, you know, a lot of commercials on yeah. TV and they released albums that were big hits.
1: Hi, I'm Ray, and this is my friend Alex. Hi. And we do a show called No More Whoppers. Between us, we're as old as four RPG protagonists. And now Alex will give us a funny anagram for the name of the show. Uh, Big old knockers.
2: Uh. Join us every month or so on the Greenlit Podcast Network.
1: Here at Chat of the Wild, our game club podcast, we have been using our Lens of Truth to do deep dives on the Legend of Zelda series, in order, covering one to two dungeons each episode. Our show also looks at Zelda-likes, such as Crusader of Senti, Golden Axe Warrior, and the bizarre journey of For the Frog the Bell Tolls. Join us right now as we play Ari and The Secret of Seasons, our first new release since Season 1. Or check out our past seasons, breaking down nearly 20 action-adventure titles. New episodes drop every Wednesday, here on the Greenlit Podcast Network.
2: There's just something about it, like when I look at them, I have like a physical revulsion to them. It's like I get like a bad taste in my mouth. It's like my body just like, it's like I'm allergic to the California raisins. Well, like, there is something like, tumorous about their appearance. Let's just do that. Just, it's like, maybe it's like a side effect because I have like tripophobia, but like fear of like perforated holes everywhere, you know? Mm. And maybe it's like a spin off of that. But yeah, you're right. It's like this very like amoebic, cancerous looking, like tumory. Blah. Yeah, I just, I could never watch them. And I remember as a kid, I would always be like, oh, let's put on something for the kids, you know? And if there was like that, I'm like, oh, you know, I have to be polite
1: and not. Ritual and terror but two things that I do want to single out though from that claymation Christmas special is one they do a uh, they do oh christmas tree without words it's all just the music but it's so well animated and so brilliant where they just start with this establishing shot of a christmas tree and they zoom in on an ornament And that ornament has like a window, and you go in through the window, and it's like another environment with a Christmas tree in it. And you just keep going through these recursive ornaments, and you see like a mouse family celebrating Christmas, you see like elves celebrating Christmas, all these different people celebrating holidays, until finally it comes back around zooming in on the original Christmas tree.
2: That's pretty... Pretty bold filmmaking.
1: really beautiful and meditative, and you'll be hard-pressed to spot any matte lines. It's so well done. But then my personal highlight is Carol of the Bells.
2: Okay, I don't know that one.
1: Oh, it's great. So, like, it's all these claymation... It's like it's a bell choir, so it's all these... And the conductor of the choir is Quasimodo, and he comes out all—it's very characterful. But yeah, it's all these bells with faces, and they have hands and hammers, and they hit themselves on the head to make a tone, and there's this one goofy bell who keeps misplacing his hammer and keeps missing his cue, Uh, and then at the end, he does hit the note, but the whole reason he hit the note is it turns out Quasimodo had a slingshot and hit him with a rock (laughs) uh, at the right time. Nice.
0: I mean, this one they did release on DVD. I don't know if they show it on, on TV all that much, but it's, it's worth tracking down. I'm sure it's on YouTube or something. It's pretty good. Yeah, the segments um, are
1: on YouTube uh, if you can't find the whole special. I,
0: I see. Sure. That makes sense. Um, Thrasher, what's one for you? All
1: right, so I, at this point, I kind of want to get into the weeds. Uh, so Rankin Bass, they covered every conceivable topic in their Christmas specials. So eventually they had to cover leprechauns. <laughs> they there was a Rankin Bass Christmas special called "The Leprechauns' Christmas Gold." That's all <laughs> about leprechauns and banshees and Irish sailors, and it is delightful. The whole conceit is it's all built around the Bing Crosby song "It's Christmas in Killarney," but it's 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 a delightful if completely bonkers special. <laughs> <laughs> What was it called again? Uh, the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. It's it's one of those things where the mythology they build gives like critical mass that apparently like a banshee. If a banshee like a banshee dies when it's a hundred years old, it boils away into sea foam. But if a banshee can't get a Leprechaun's Christmas Gold before then, the banshee becomes immortal. So there's <laughs> this banshee. It was imprisoned in a Christmas tree that the sailor chops down for a Christmas celebration. He releases the banshee and gets pulled into the leprechauns, all the leprechauns' business. There's one thing that I do love. That's I, I just I love it when people get clever with magic. Is that when the banshee's loose, she makes a potion of generosity and pours it in the leprechaun's tea. Thinking, oh yeah, well he'll be compelled to give away his Christmas gold, and he'll g- and uh and he'll give it to me. Uh, so you know the leprechaun drinks the tea, and the banshee barges in, and says, aha, what do you want to do with your Christmas gold? And and you know, the leprechaun says, oh, I want to give it away, uh 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 to him, <laughs> and he points to the sailor. So I like that the curse works, but not in the way the the banshee had intended. <laughs>
2: Ironic consequences will ensue. This looks terrifying and amazing. I'm, I'm looking up pictures of it right now.
1: Yeah, and and the Christmas in Killarney number is pretty is pretty good, but it's it's yeah. it's just it, it's it's way, it's way in the weeds. It's probably the most obscure and least seen of all the Rankin Bass Christmas specials.
2: Excellent.
1: And it was their second to last one after this was The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus based on the L. Frank Bomb book, which gives Santa mm-hmm. a badass origin story involving demons. <laughs> That's <laughs> also a, worth checking out.
2: Like a leprechaun like, Pope Santa Claus, I see, image. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's
1: the king of the leprechauns.
2: Oh, excellent. Is he tall?
1: Uh he appears in like visions. Oh, so okay, I Anna. guess he's tall. He looks I think they just make him look bigger because it's kind of hieratic. But oh and nothing about David life was. so the other thing about life and adventures of Santa Claus, like half the voice cast of Thundercats is in it.
2: Excellent. And Art Carney, apparently?
1: Yeah.
2: Ooh, all right.
1: I know what I'm watching after this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Matt? Alex what's another uh holiday special you enjoyed watching
1: um
2: there was a pretty recent one um by uh south park that was on my mind um where they kind of riff on like the using like celebrity holograms and like the celebrity holograms like go like rogue like the michael jackson one and the tupac one um which is pretty hilarious and they do have one little gag which i really appreciated and it was uh they did a parody of what it would be like if they made a, a, a hologram of kurt cobain and they have him like playing like a like a christmas jingle a la like in the style of nirvana and like while he's doing it, he's like fumbling about and you see him like grab a shotgun and you're like oh god what are they gonna do like don't go there man and like as he's doing it and he like pulls the trigger and it's like a little merry christmas banner and you're like oh thank god like <laughs> i thought they were gonna like, go completely off the deep end but it was a really it's a pretty hilarious um episode just kind of commentating on like they kind of skewer like um like youtubers like pewdiepie and stuff like that and um they try to like incorporate like youtuber commentary commentators into like an old-fashioned like christmas special and it's a pretty great like, brilliant episode
1: yeah, they, they South Park has a, a really interesting track record with uh, with Christmas specials, like Black Slay Down, the musical yep. Christmas special uh, that they did, where it is just the characters singing Christmas medleys. Oh yeah, and I love yeah, that that bit where it's it's Santa and Jesus doing a duet, and like eventually, like Santa starts singing Duran Duran. <laughs> and they get into this argument, and Santa's like, "Okay, look, there's like a million Jesus Christmas songs. Okay, there's like two Santa songs."
2: <laughs> and um, funny enough, too, like the like like the Simpsons, their um, demo was a Christmas special. Actually, it was Jesus and, uh,
1: versus Santa Claus.
0: Yeah, see, I got uh,
1: to... the air pilot. Did you see that most recent uh, pandemic special? Yes, which I thought was uh, the integrity. <laughs>
0: I'm getting a bit tired of their integrity plot line, but they seem to be sticking to it. So,
1: Yeah.
2: Have they I done
0: new like episodes since part. then, or is that the most recent one?
1: That's the most uh, recent thing. There's no, yeah. no indication yet when any new episodes are coming out. Yeah,
2: there was, um, well, it was Black Slay Black Down and Jesus vs. Santa. I feel like there's another one we're missing. Um, doobadoo. Oh, the, the Critter Christmas one. <laughs>
1: they oh, end up being oh, critter, that
0: one's great.
1: That's yeah, that's the one I watch every year. Yep, which, <laughs> ha- which has like a wonderful like even, even that one is also one where like they are clearly taking their cues from some of the weirder Rankin Bass uh, Christmas specials. I love that. Um, then the framing device of it, because
2: like in, like midway through, it's Cartman telling a story to the class. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll stop if Kyle's offended. And then everyone's like, yeah, but what's going to happen to the to the Cubs? And and then at the very end, just as like a little stinger, it's like, you know, and everyone had a Merry Christmas,
1: except Kyle, who died of AIDS. Yeah, that's such a fuck you ending. I know.
0: (laughs) I mean, one of those Christmas episodes, I forget which one it is. uh, I think it's just the one that they just do musical numbers. It was probably from the first three seasons. There's Christmas Time in Hell was the music number. And there's, like, a lyric right. about, like, Gene Siskel watches Weenie grow. And it was, like, right after Gene Siskel died.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: And they're just uh, and fearless. They like... And I think, yeah, there's something with, with South Park where it has, you know, it has Colorado is always snowing. And it makes it work really for Christmas, I think. And uh...
2: Yeah. there's um, and also, like, the the celebrities, they feature in Hell, it's, like, Princess Di, Gandhi, like, all of these, like, benevolent people that, you yes. know. The iron, ironic juxtaposition just makes it uh, very delicious. Well, oh, and I think.
0: I, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but uh, I I used to own all the three South Park albums. It's surprising they haven't done more since then, but they had a Christmas album. But the Christmas album is like one of the most filthy things possible. And I was playing oh, it while yeah. my grandma was over because oh. I had no idea what, what it would be like. And there there is one about that, that Kenny does where it's like Kenny and someone maybe Kenny and Stan do it or something, but it's like What if Mary, and still was a virgin,
1: Mary? Yeah. Oh, that's dark. I love the Swiss Colony song. That just works as a great sort of pastiche.
0: Yeah, I mean, whenever the the South Park guys do musical numbers, it's great. I think, obviously, with the success of Book of Mormon, they want to do a lot more, which is why uh, each successive contract with Comedy Central requires fewer and fewer episodes per season of South Park. So... I think it's still going on for at least a few years, but I mean, it, it keeps on making money. So, uh, yeah, there, uh, there you go. Let's do one more round of these, uh, Christmas specials. This one that comes to mind to me, it is rank bass, but it's 2d animated. And it, it's just kind of weird is, uh, it's the Frosty the Snowman.
2: Oh yeah, I would yeah, see that one.
0: I would see it a lot. You know, I think that it's two D animated makes it less compelling than the stop motion stuff. But it's a lot about preventing uh, Frosty from melting, and there's something about a train station. But it's just uh, I don't know, just a very kind of pleasant, calm, slow animated holiday special. Uh,
1: and you know they did a sequel starring John Goodman as San- as a as a
0: Frosty. Did they? Yeah. I mean they had they had a lot of crossover stuff too with Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman, and some of the later specials. I also would like to add on here Mr. Magoo's Christmas Special.
1: Oh, that's so good. Is
0: a is a good one. Um,
1: the music in that is just is so great. I love the the criminal song and we are reprehensible. We will steal your pens and pencils.
0: Yeah, it's it's a good version, I think, of that story. I mean, Christmas Carol has been made to death. Uh, uh, There's a good um, 90s uh, version of A Christmas Carol made for TV starring Patrick Stewart. Mm. But if you really want a good one, get the um, CD of his performance of Patrick Stewart doing A Christmas Carol as a one-man show. Used to do that on stage, and that's a pretty good recording. Um, anyhow, Thrasher, what's your kind of final selection of the holiday specials that you like?
1: This is this is a been this is a new one, but every year I like to watch uh, the Community episode Abed's uncontrollable Christmas, where <laughs> where Abed wakes up, and the whole episode is stop motion animation until the very end, and it's all about him sort of imagining his own perfect Christmas special and everybody either fighting against that or enabling that so that he can work out, he can work out something bad that has happened to him this Christmas. And it's another one that has a very melancholy ending, but I also just love the moral. The true meaning of Christmas is that Christmas has meaning because we give Christmas meaning.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, community is one of those that was really ahead of its time. We got six seasons, I think, but not the movie, so...
1: Give it to Didn't they do...
2: But wasn't, like, one of the last seasons on, like, Yahoo screen yep. or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was hard. That was hard, man.
0: <laughs> and and really stupid is... I mean, you know, d- different cast members couldn't really be on it as they got more famous or decided to do other things. And uh, because of recent kind of controversies, the one of the best episodes, the Dungeons & Dragons episode... Is pulled from all streaming services. Oh yeah, because oh because it's considered as blackface, which well, that's the, they, but they that's even the talk thing. about in the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that speci- they specifically call out how that use of drow makeup is is minstrelsy adjacent. Like it is specifically to attack that very thing. So, yeah. So yeah, they have pulled the fangs out of the satire monster by pulling that episode.
2: Right, like way to not get it, network or whatever. Right, I mean, it's it's
0: kind of a compromise. Like, I sort of like what what HBO Max and some of these other ones have been doing, where they had Gone with the Wind, and then people complained, and they just filmed kind of an introduction kind of saying, like, hey, this came out at this time. You know, you have to consider the context of when this stuff was made.
2: Right. But, like, the community thing, that would be, like, censoring, like, Spike Lee's bamboozled. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) wow. Like, they're not off. Like, bleh. I can't even, like, describe it. It's so... The irony is just too dense and goopy.
0: Right. And uh, Alex?
2: Um, I have always been a very long-time fan of one of my favorite shows, Homicide Life on the Street. And one of one series that you would not expect to have any Christmas cheer actually does have a few Christmas-themed episodes. Um, but one of them is, like, really mournful. Um, and it's called uh, All Through the House, directed by Peter Medak, of all people, who did um, The Ruling Class. And this other really good film, uh, let him have it. But yeah, it's um uh, munch, um uh I'm blanking how his name uh, Richard um Belzer's character and uh Ned Beatty's character have to investigate the murder of a uh streetside Santa Claus and they have oh. to like like deal with like child services because he had like it was like a single father and stuff. It's like a very sad episode, but they somehow manage to like put some like humor and cheer in there is one of, like, the B stories. Um, uh, one of the detectives are trying to, like, get people into, like, you know, giving cards and, you know, doing some cheer on the, the office on, on Christmas Eve. It's a fascinating episode, and um, they do a few throughout the series. There's a good New Year's episode that's, like kind of like a clip show. Um, but, yeah, no, Homicide always, uh, they, have, they have some pretty good Christmas episodes you wouldn't expect from such, like, a gritty, hard-hitting show for its time.
0: Is there ever one where Santa commits a crime?
2: Um, no, I think he just gets murdered, but it they, they did run for six seasons, so there might be one I'm forgetting about.
0: Mm. I'm just looking here. It looks like there's a new um, stop-motion animated Christmas special that just dropped on Netflix uh, done by the Chiodo Brothers, Ooh. based off uh, a book written by them called Alien Christmas.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: Xmas, excuse me. Do you still pronounce it as Christmas when it's the X? I have no idea.
2: I just say Xmas, yeah. Yeah,
0: Xmas. Um, that John Favreau is a producer on. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, we'll, you know, there's so many Christmas specials out there. Uh, it, they have done an okay job at making some of them available on DVD, but now with DVDs going out of print uh, more than ever, it's, um, it can be kind of tricky to find what you're looking for. So you have to kind of. I mean, YouTube, I think, is really, or archive.org and things are becoming more and more important.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: To have uh, some of these specials. So I think we did a good job kind of covering some of our favorites. Uh, So uh, everyone have a happy holidays. Stay safe. And um, for the sequel cast special, this is Matt.
1: This is Thrasher. This is Alex. Saying Missile the toe, light up the tree. I forget the rest of that song. I'm, 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 on, I'm on drugs right now. I'm recovering from a kidney stone. <laughs> I'm on drugs, everybody. Merry Christmas.
2: I'm Michael York saying, have a lovely Christmas. And if you see Black Christmas and it doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too
1: tight. You would even say-